Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A Cut Above with Tom Hoy is proudly sponsored by Mod Shoes. Smart shoes for smart people. Check out the latest range of men's and women's clothing and footwear over at modshoes.co.uk. From Manchester, England to Brooklyn, USA, hello and welcome to another episode of A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. In this episode, I'll be exploring timeless wardrobe essentials, from the Harrington jacket to chucker boots to sweatshirts and more. Join me as I pick out some of my favourite items that I think make timeless wardrobe essentials. And also, remember, you can follow me on Instagram at TomTheMod on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and you can find my Facebook page, Tom Hoy. Also, I have a YouTube channel, and the, easy, and the easiest way to find that is search for Tom the Mod. You'll find loads of different reels on there to do with men's style, and lots more. Sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the show.
Now, that is a brilliant record. Harold McNair with The Hipster from 1968. If you've just tuned in, hello, you're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio for this Timeless Wardrobe Essentials special. I'll be looking through some items in my wardrobe and items I wish I owned or wish I had in my wardrobe that I would deem as timeless wardrobe essentials. There's loads to cover, really, isn't there? Everything from Harrington's to Chucker Boots to Chinos and lots more. We'll be diving into those, I promise. There's so much to talk about. In the Royal Hall Harrogate, there's no doubt that something is happening in the world of men's fashions. Neither white jeans nor a suede shirt is the staid man's cup of tea, but then the staid man is apparently on the way out as far as clothes are concerned. The heritage shirt with rust slacks shows the trend today. And for the country, try something in this style. In the sun, what better than Bermuda shorts and jacket? Get the general idea? Don't be afraid of something new. Then the opposite sex will be really interested. The shorty pyjamas, man's answer to the shorty nighty. They speak for themselves. Away with a black dinner suit. Introduce some gaiety into the evening. You can even go to the length of Madras trues with a blue jacket. The mink collar is detachable. And you know, that's a very good thing. Before handing it to the hat check girl, you'll put it away out of sight. And to make absolutely sure that it's safe, use the double security thief-proof lock. I was struggling for a while to know where to start this episode. There's so many different timeless items of clothing to throw ourselves right into. And I think the perfect one is one that is more obvious than you think. And it is the white t-shirt. The rise of the white t-shirt in fashion is a fascinating journey that traces back to the end of the mid-20th century. What was once considered an undergarment meant to be hidden beneath other clothing layers gradually evolved into a symbol of rebellion coolness and enduring style. In the 50s, the white t-shirt was primarily seen as an undergarment, worn beneath dress shirts or work uniforms. It was a practical piece of clothing with a simple purpose, to provide an additional layer between the body and outer clothing. However, the perception of the white t-shirt started to shift when cultural icons like James Dean embraced it as a standalone garment. James Dean, the enigmatic Hollywood actor of the 50s, played a pivotal role in catapulting the white t-shirt into the realm of fashion and pop culture. Dean's appearance in the movie Rebel Without a Cause in 1955 marked a significant turning point. In the film, he sported a plain white t-shirt paired with jeans and a red Harrington jacket. This seemingly simple outfit became a visual representation of youth rebellion and non-conformity. At that time, The sight of James Dean wearing a white t-shirt without an additional layer was indeed quite shocking to society. The traditional dress code of the era dictated formal attire for most occasions and the white t-shirt represented a break from those norms. Dean's portrayal of a troubled yet charismatic character resonated with youth culture who saw the white t-shirt as a symbol of individuality and a rejection of conservative values. The fashion industry and media took note of the impact of James Dean style and what it had on the masses and as a result the white t-shirt gradually transitioned from an undergarment to a standalone fashion statement. Celebrities, musicians and other cultural influences followed suit embracing the relaxed and effortless aesthetic 
that the white t-shirt conveyed. Over the years, the white t-shirt became a blank canvas onto which people projected their personal style. It could be dressed up or down, paired with jeans, or worn under blazers, whether you love it or hate it. You decide. Making it an incredibly versatile piece of clothing. The association with rebellion and counterculture initiated by James Dean lingered and evolved with subsequent generations, maintaining the white t-shirt's iconic status. In summary, the rise of the white t-shirt in fashion was a transformation fueled by icons like James Dean who dared to challenge conventions. His choice to wear a plain white t-shirt and rebel without a cause represented a departure from to the norm, shocking the status quo and paving the way for a more relaxed, individualistic approach to style. Today, the white t-shirt is a quintessential part of many wardrobes, definitely mine, and a timeless symbol of both simplicity and defiance. Most days I'll wear a white t-shirt, whether it's really on show or not, whether it's under a, t- under a jumper where you ca- completely can't see it, or just as an underlayer under a nice Oxford shirt. I love that little bit of a white t-shirt you can see. But I will agree, when you wear it just on its own with a Harrington, it's just a simple but amazing look. What's a funny one I always find as well with anyone that's into clothes, seemingly anyway, like most of my friends that are really into clothes, all seem to be on the hunt for the same thing. And it's not like this fancy jacket. It's not the best pair of jeans, although for a lot of people it is. But I find more often than not, it's everyone searching for a white t-shirt. Where can you get the best white t-shirt? Lots of people do that. And I don't know, everyone has their own theory and all that kind of thing. And they do them really well in America. And uh, I I can't think where now off the top of my head, which is annoying while I'm recording this. I think it was like Best Buy or something. You can get a really good pack of them. Um, But I found um, Uniqlo's ones are amazing. They used to be £9.90. And I only know this because I recently went to go and change them. Um, I needed a new one and it's gone up in price. But still, it's an absolute steal. Um, A nice kind of starched cotton feel to them. Really nice hard wearing and a lovely thick rimmed collar and that's the detail i think anyway you need it is essential if you're going to get the perfect white t-shirt the size of the rim on the neckline it has to be perfect and uniqlo does a pretty damn good one another place that does a great one is all blues co in leeds sorry i keep hitting the desk there but um all blues co in leeds um which is kind of like it's not a not like kind of exactly i guess it is it's an ivy league outfit but it does a bit of everything it's very americana korean uh japanese uh style and it's an amazing shop but they do a heavyweight pocket tee um and the t-shirt the navy one they do anyway is based on one that uh steve mcqueen wore and now they've made it in lots of different colors i've got it in uh navy and a lovely green um, but they do it in white as well which um i mean i'd love one of those one day i'll probably get one um the quality of them is amazing the fit is amazing and that's it as well about a white t-shirt you don't want it too um don't want it too slim and you don't want it too baggy it has to be right and you know when you find one that's perfect so unico or all blues co go there you'll find the perfect one tell them i sent you well i hope you're enjoying the show so far I've waffled on a lot already, and we've only covered white t-shirts. But yeah, 
<laughs> we're going to play lots of music throughout this show as well and I've got some great records lined up for you but before we hear one of those remember for lots of style tips and all the rest of it you can follow me across social media I'm on Instagram at TomTheMod on Twitter at TomTheModDJ and over on Facebook you can find my page Tom Hoy, and not to forget YouTube where I put all my reels on there that you can find across all the other social media platforms as well and the best way to find them is to simply search for Tom Hoy or Tom the Mod. You'll see me. I'm that blonde guy with the glasses. That's me. Anyway, let's have some music. Why some brothers and sisters 
down and out, receiving their sympathy from a bottle of wine, or worse yet, old homicide, living their lives in a glassine bag, or praising the mysteries of terminal skag. Some of our brothers parading in drag, another set of victims too whipped to choose. Yeah, you can recognize that, that's the inner city blues. Makes you want to holler sometimes and throw up both your hands. To see sweet sisters, the blossoms of our African tree profiling on the corner, talking about ten and three. Because in spite of all the money we made and taxes we paid, the woman was looking at hungry bays and some decisions had to be made. Could you tell her it's better to go to your grave as a slave at a minimum wage? Well, I hardly think so, but make you want to holler sometimes and throw up both your hands. What happens when people start to feel they have nothing to lose, 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 Did you ever hear about Mark Essex and the things that made him choose to fight the inner city blues? Yeah, Essex took to the rooftops gorilla style and watched while all the crackers went wild. Brought in 600 troops out here, brand new to see them crushed with fear. Essex fought back with a thousand rounds, and New Orleans was a change in town, and red hat tat 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 was the only sound. Yeah, bring on the stone rifles to knock down walls, bring on the elephant guns, bring on the helicopters to block out the sun. Yeah, made the devil wanna holler, cause eight was dead and a dozen was down, and cries for freedom or brand new sound. New York, Chicago, Frisco, LA, justice was served and the unjust were afraid. Cause after all the years and all the fears, brothers were alive, the courage found and spreading them goddamn blues around. Yeah, make you want to holler black people and hold up both your hands and say liberation. Crime is increasing and trigger happy policing. Panic is, panic is spreading. Jefferson Airplane there, telling us all about white Levi's and the colours they come in. And that is, of course, the next item of clothing I am discussing this evening in this wardrobe, or timeless wardrobe, essentials special of A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy. Now, along with the white t-shirt, 
there aren't many items of clothing that are as timeless as the pair of jeans or Levi's in this case that we're going to talk about. I remember a few years ago, I can't remember his name, so if you're listening and it is you, please do get in contact. I met a chap that owned a shop, I think, on Brick Lane in London back in the 80s, it might have been. But um, he was saying that uh, he'd bought or batch bought loads of Levi's and he couldn't shift them. And uh, you may remember if you were alive back then, in the 80s they had that advert on TV in the UK anyway. Yeah, definitely in the US, but um, it was made in the US. But there was that advert on TV where um, there was the guy... Um, goes to the laundrette and uh, takes off all his clothes, including his Levi's. And he's <laughs> meant to be this absolute sex symbol. He's um, kind of one of the coolest looking guys ever. And he's just sat there in his boxer shorts amongst lots of women. Um, and that became such a popular advert that the next the next day, this guy that I met that couldn't shift all these jeans... Um, turned up to work the next day to open and there was a line going down the street of just people queuing up to buy his Levi's and he sold out and he couldn't he struggled to get more in but it's such a cool story and it shows the power of jeans really and how kind of iconic they are another thing we have to mention as well is the fantastic use of a song and it was the fantastic Marvin Gaye heard it through the grapevine which features in that um in that advert of course and I've even got a single version of that uh, song that I bought just because of the cover because it was a Levi's promotional one from the 80s when the cover is actually the back pocket of some Levi jeans and it's fantastic. The journey of Levi's began in the mid 19th century and has left such a mark on fashion and culture worldwide. The Levi story begins with German immigrant Levi Strauss who arrived in San Francisco during the California gold rush in the 1850s. Strauss established a dry goods business and in partnership with Taylor Jacob Davis they created durable work pants using a strong cotton fabric called denim. To reinforce stress points Davis used copper rivets creating the first denim work pants. This innovation laid the foundation for what would become Levi's jeans. In 1873 Levi Strauss & Co received a patent for the copper riveted waist overalls known as the precursor to the modern jeans. The design evolved into the iconic Levi's 501 jeans. Originally intended for miners and labourers, the 501 jeans featured a now famous five pocket design, rivets and a button fly. By the early 20th century, Levi's had become synonymous with rugged durability and and reliability appealing to workers, cowboys and farmers. The emergence of Hollywood westerns in the 30s contributed to the jeans' popularity as they became associated with the rugged American frontier. During World War II, Levi's jeans were a part of the war effort as they were used for uniforms and workwear for soldiers. In post-war years, jeans began to shift from workwear to a symbol of youth rebellion and individualism. Movies like mentioned before, Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean and Marlon Brando's roles further cemented the jeans' association with the rebellious spirit. 
The 60s marked a turning point as Levi's jeans became a staple of counterculture, embraced by artists, activists and rock and roll icons. Levi's jeans continued to gain global recognition and expanded beyond the United States. Their classic design resonated with people from various cultures. The introduction of various fits and styles such as the bootcut and skinny jeans allowed Levi's to remain relevant whilst preserving their timeless aesthetic. The 2000s increased competition and challenges for Levi's as other denim brands emerged and fast, and fast fashion gained popularity. In response though, Levi's introduced modern styles and sustainability initiatives to maintain their relevance and address environmental concerns. They will always be in my wardrobe. I've always got a pair of Levi's on the go. And as soon as one kind of goes out of the way, I replace them with the exact same pair. I love them. There aren't many things as well that a pair of Levi's won't go with. That is really something I think you can dress up and down, depending on the, the wash, I think, and the kind of the, the dye. A pair of black jeans, for instance, can be dressed up a lot. Um, but I don't wear many black jeans these days. I kind of got that out of my system I think in my teenage years and now I only really kind of wear dark indigo dye and it has to be a pair of 501s in fact I tell a lie I probably more than blue jeans wear white jeans um I love white jeans it's very much a kind of symbol of the 60s um kind of throughout the 60s the early kind of the modernists um right until the late kind of 60s rockers I yeah just makes me think of San Francisco obviously. I'm Tom Hoy and you're listening to A Cut Above for the Timeless Wardrobe Essentials Special right here on The Face Radio. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. After the show, why not let me know what you think and what you think are maybe Timeless Wardrobe Essentials or any ideas of things you think I should cover in future shows. It can be a style icon, it can be a movement, it can be anything you like. Let me know. You can find me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and on Facebook over at my page, Tom Hoy. I always like to say hello to people, and I always like to know you're listening out there. So, if you haven't tuned out right now by boredom. But anyway, speaking of boredom, let's go on to some music instead now. And it's this. From 1970, it's the glorious impressions with We Must Be In Love. I miss 
We'll take a magic carpet ride. Yes, we will. And we'll tell our smoky friend, hey, don't you forget. Because you got to keep us side by side. Aretha Franklin, oh me, oh my. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio, all the way from Manchester, England, to Brooklyn, USA, and across the world. Hello. Wow, that was a big one, wasn't it? Um, you're listening to A Cut Above for the this special, and it is, of course, uh, Timeless Wardrobe Essentials, and we're covering all the essentials that you should have in your wardrobe. And the next one, it's a good one. We've done a top, well, a t-shirt. We've done jeans. I think we better put something on the feet. It is, of course, the desert boot or the chucker. The desert boot, a distinctive and enduring footwear style, has a history that originates from practicality and design innovation. Here's an overview of the history of the desert boot. The concept of the desert boot can be traced back to the 1920s and 30s when British soldiers stationed in North Africa required sturdy, comfortable footwear for desert conditions. Soldiers adapted ankle-high suede boots with crepe rubber soles for desert wear, providing grip on sandy terrain whilst remaining breathable. The modern desert boot owes much of its existence to Nathan Clark a member of the Clark's Footwear Company, which was founded by his great-grandfather in 1825. Nathan Clark, serving in the British Army during World War II, encountered similar boots in bazaars across Cairo and the Middle East. These practical boots inspired him to make a version for civilians. In 1950, Nathan Clark officially introduced the desert boot as part of the Clark's spring-summer collection, the original desert boot featured a simple design characterised by its soft suede upper, crepe rubber sole and minimalistic two-eyelet lacing system. The boot's clean lines, comfort and versatility quickly garnered attention, appealing to a wide range of consumers. The 60s saw the desert boot's popularity surge as it became associated with the mod subculture in the UK. The boot's connection to counterculture is relaxed yet stylish appearance and its wearability with both casual and slightly formal outfits made it a favourite among young adults. The desert boot maintained its timelessness appeal throughout the 1980s and beyond, consistently being reinvented by Clarks and other brands. Over time, 
Variations in colour, materials and sole designs were introduced, expanding the Desert Boot's range to include suede, leather and even patterned versions. The boot's simplicity and versatility allowed it to transition effortlessly between casual and more formal occasions, making it a simple staple in men's and women's wardrobes. The Desert Boot has achieved iconic status as a classic footwear style, cherished for its comfort, versatility and historical significance. Numerous designers and brands have adopted the Desert Boot's silhouette, contributing to its enduring appeal and adaptability. I love a pair of desert boots. There aren't, again, this is the running theme in this episode, isn't it? But there aren't many things it won't go, they won't go with. Um, but an interesting one I want to talk, not just about desert boots, but chukka boots. Why are they called chukka boots? Well, the term chukka boot has its origins in the sport of polo. The name chukka is derived from the periods of play in polo, which are known as chukkas. A chukka refers to a seven-minute period of play. The chukka boot's name is believed to have been inspired by the ankle-high boots worn by polo players during the matches, which provided both comfort and support during the fast-paced game. Chukkas typically feature a low ankle height, two or three eyelets on the lacing, and a simple design that has made them versatile in casual and semi-formal attire. While they may have started as sportswear, chukka boots have transcended their original purpose and become a classic and popular footwear style. Now someone deserves a notable mention and he's mentioned every episode I know, but Steve McQueen's influence on men's fashion, particularly in his films, is undeniable of course. You know this from listening to past episodes. But in the iconic movie Bullet, McQueen's character Frank Bullet is remembered for not only his tough persona and his cool style, But one of the standout elements, of course, in his outfit was his choice of footwear, the Sanders Playboy Chukka Boots. The Sanders Playboy Chukka Boots, with their distinctive crepe sole, added to McQueen's rugged yet sophisticated image. These boots perfectly complemented his character's practical and no-nonsense demeanour. The Chukka Boots became a part of his signature look, emphasising his style that resonated with audiences. Beyond Bullet, though... Steve McQueen continued to wear chukka boots both on and off screen, contributing to their popularity and associating with his persona. His off-duty attire often featured chukka boots paired with casual outfits, solidifying their status as a stylish and timeless choice. McQueen's influence extended far beyond his films as his fashion choices became sources of inspiration for generations of men. The chukka boots he wore, including the Sanders Playboy model, have become synonymous with his name and iconic style. And I've just bought some, but I haven't received them yet. And I can't tell you how excited I am to get them. Um, I've always wanted a pair, and I'm so glad to have finally bit the bullet. No pun intended, but I can't wait. So um, follow me on social media. That's not that's not a, a fair plug, but follow me on social media, and I'm, I'll be sure to talk about them over there. Bullet, a Warner Brothers Seven Arts picture in Technicolor, co-starring Jacqueline Bissett and Robert Vaughn. Keep your eye on Frank Bullet. He really zings. Suggested for mature audiences.
problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. She said it's really not my habit to intrude. Furthermore, I hope my meaning won't be lost or misconstrued. But I'll repeat myself. At the risk of being crude, there must be 50 ways to leave your lover. 50 ways to leave your lover. You just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. Slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, stand. You don't need to be coy, Roy You just listen to me Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee And get yourself free She said it grieves me so To see you in such pain I wish there was something I could do to make you smile again I said I appreciate that And would you please explain About the 50 ways She said why don't we both Just sleep on it tonight And I believe in the morning You begin to see the light And then she kissed me And I realized she probably was right There must be 50 ways to leave your lover 50 ways to leave your lover You just slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan You don't need to be coy, Roy Just get yourself free Or you hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee And get yourself free Slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan You don't need to be coy, Roy just listen to me Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key And get yourself free When Charlie sees the sort of girl he'd like to wine and dine, he uses new, new, new wild root against her every time. This is new wild root. Comes in a tube. Has a totally new formula. Positively no drying alcohol. Absolutely non-greasy. Dissolves in your hands. Won't show in your hair. Keeps it neat, manageable. For handsome hair, new wild root. Comes in a tube. Has a new formula. Dissolves in your hands. Won't show in your hair.
Great songs back to back there. We had Paul Simon with 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, followed by Carol King, I Feel the Earth Move. You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio for this Timeless Wardrobe Essentials special. We're discussing all the timeless items you need in your wardrobe. And the next one is my most favourite item of clothing ever, and it is, of course... A Harrington jacket, but not just any Harrington jacket. The premier Harrington jacket, which is the Barracuda G9. Now, the story of the Barracuda Harrington jacket begins in 1937 with the establishment of the Barracuda brand by the Miller Brothers, John and Isaac, in Manchester, England. Now, I pass the original factory quite a lot, and I get tingles every time. The brothers developed the G9 jacket, which would later become the iconic Harrington jacket. The G9 was designed with both practicality and style in mind, featuring a distinctive Fraser tartan lining, a button collar, and a signature umbrella back vent. It was originally, of course, a golf jacket. It was a jacket intended for golf, hence the G in the name. The Harrington jacket gained prominence during the 50s and 60s as it was adopted by various subcultures and celebrities. I know, Steve McQueen again, I know. The jacket's practical features, lightweight construction and versatility made it popular, uh, a popular choice for those seeking a stylish yet functional outerwear option. The Harrington jacket gained even more exposure when it was worn by Elvis Presley. Do you know where its name comes from though? Well, John Simons, who I'm a huge fan of and I only went to the shop a couple of weeks ago. Well, John Simons, a British menswear retailer, a fashion pioneer played a pivotal role in popularising the Harrington jacket and coining its name. Simons imported the G9 jacket from the United States and introduced it back into the British market in his store, which quickly became a hub for style-conscious individuals. John Simons would put the jacket in the window of his shop um, at the same time when the popular program paint and place was on the screens and the character rodney harrington would always wear the g9 so simons would put the jacket in his window and uh, with chalk or whatever would write um the harrington jacket or the rodney harrington jacket the name eventually got shortened to the harrington jacket and the rest they say is history so thank you john for doing that one for giving it its its brilliant name 
The Harrington jacket continued to be embraced by various subcultures and fashion enthusiasts throughout the decades. Its classic design has made it a favourite amongst celebrities, musicians and everyday individuals who appreciate its timeless aesthetic. It's my favourite item of clothing of all time. You look good every day in it, no matter where you end up. It will forever remain timeless. This is the continuing story of Peyton Place. Starring Dorothy Malone as Constance McKenzie. Warner Anderson as Matthew Swain. Ed Nelson as Michael Rossi. And Mia Farrow as Alison McKenzie. Now moving on now to another timeless essential that you need in your wardrobe. And it is of course a good pair of chinos. And now this is an outfit I wear a lot of the time, if not most of the time. Um, It is a barracuda and a really nice pair of chinos. A nice stone-coloured pair will go with just about anything in your wardrobe. Chinos are a versatile and timeless style of trousers that have a history that traces back to military origins and transcends into everyday fashion. The term chino originates from the Spanish word for Chinese referencing the twill fabric that was originally produced in China and later became associated with the pants made from it. Chinos gained prominence in the mid-19th century when British and French colonial forces stationed in Asia saw lightweight and durable uniforms in four hot climates. The fabric's breathability and resilience made it sustainable for military wear, particularly in regions like India and the Philippines. Chinos found their way to the Western world as returning soldiers brought their comfortable and practical trousers back with them. In the United States, chinos gained popularity in the 20th century, initially again amongst military personnel, and then among civilians who appreciated their functional attributes. I do always say all the best clothing always comes from military surplus. During the 30s and 40s, though, chinos transitioned from military uniforms to casual trousers Worn from everyday, worn for everyday activities, and you could see this on colleges and universities, particularly those in Ivy League colleges who embrace chinos as part of a more relaxed and practical dress code. The comfortable and versatile nature of chinos made them suitable for various occasions, from campus life to weekend outings. The post World War II era had witnessed the mainstream popularity of chinos as they became associated with a laid back yet put together style. Hollywood actors such as James Dean and Marlon Brando helped elevate chinos uh, to a fashionable choice, wearing them in films and public appearances. Those two keep getting mentioned, like Steve McQueen, but for obvious reasons. They did so much for menswear, whether it was the wardrobe department that put them in them clothes, but even off-screen they looked so cool, just because uh, understated... um, kind of an understated outfit, is what is cool, I think, and that just screams timelessness. Chinos remained a staple in men's wardrobes throughout later decades of the 20th century. Brands began to offer a wider range of colours and fits, making chinos adaptable to various personal styles. The the 21st century sorry, also saw chinos become a versatile option for both formal and casual settings, um, and today, chinos are embraced by individuals of all ages. Their enduring appeal lies in their combination of comfort, 
practicality and versatility. From military origins, of course, like we mentioned, to time to a timeless fashion choice, chinos have evolved whilst retaining their core attributes, making them essential as part of a modern wardrobe that works around the world. I think that's the the, the running theme, isn't it, with what a timeless wardrobe it, wardrobe is, really, isn't it? Those three things: comfort, practicality, and versatility. They definitely are for me. Anyway, it's time for some music now, and I'm going to play a song from a record I love to dig out uh, now and then, and I've been digging it out a lot recently. It's one of my favourites just to stick on, especially if it's a nice uh, sunny day. From the album Brazilians by Marcos Valle, it is Cricket Sing for Ana Maria, and I hope it's sunny where you are so you can enjoy this one especially. Here it is. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
Stepping Stones by Johnny Harris. Hello and welcome back. And if you have just tuned in, you are, of course, listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio for this Timeless Wardrobe Essentials Special. Um, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Um, I recently just come back from a trip from London, which you may have seen if you follow me on social media. And as you'll know, if you follow me or if you've been there before or whatever, that uh, London is just absolutely an amazing place for clothes shopping in particular. There's so many different places uh, to go and have a look at, whether you want vintage clothing down in Brick Lane, if you want Ivy Style on Marle- in Marlebone from uh, John Simons or Clutch Cafe and the rest of it. There's so many cool places. Um, one thing I was very pleased to come across, though, was uh, we went into Covent Garden and uh, there's Pop Boutique there. And there is actually a pop boutique in Manchester and it's kind of it's a vintage menswear and women's wear store. Um and I came across um a Barracuda G nine and I was very pleased. Um because I love Barracudas, like I just I said a moment ago. But um I find a I found a lovely kind of uh, maroon coloured one. It was my size and it's the lovely kind of vintage uh Barracuda fit, um, nice and baggy on the arms. Um, exactly how you want it, nice and breezy. So yeah, I was very happy about that indeed. I tell you where I went. Also, I went to the National Portrait Gallery. I went to Paul McCartney's photo exhibition, which was amazing. Um, if you've not come across it, um, I can't remember the exact name, but basically, he's got an exhibition on there at the moment where it's all the photographs he took on his own uh, film camera that he carried around with him just as the Beatles were starting to explode abroad um, away from the UK. So there's all these amazing shots of um, kind of, uh, I think there's Miami, Florida, um, and then Paris. And you can just see the excitement of the the, the people in the pictures watching the Beatles. Because I was reading all the stuff in there and Paul McCartney had said what he liked to do was take the camera with him and take pictures of the people, the everyday people that just saw them arriving. So that was really cool because um, it showed you like the before and after pictures of before them looking at someone being like, isn't that a beetle taking a picture of me? And then in the next picture, them reacting and waving at the camera. And some of the clothes in the shots kind of, you realise how cool they all were. George Harrison with his sunglasses on and his really brilliant haircut. And John Lennon, how cool they were as a group. Um, even Ringo Starr, he gets a lot of hate, but I think Ringo's cool. Um, it's well worth a look. I think everyone should go to it. It's not, you don't have to be a fan of the Beatles. It's just kind of, um, an amazing point in cultural history. Go and check it out. Speaking of the Beatles. Can't buy me
just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me We're at Twickenham Film Studios, just outside London. And uh, you can see also that everybody who goes into this place has to be security checked, because this is the place, their first film. Right outside this wall, of course, the teenagers would give almost anything to get inside here. We're lucky we're inside. One of the very few units that have been allowed uh, on this top security set. Paul, could I have your age, height, and when's the record going to be, please? Uh, 21. Five foot eleven. Uh, and the next record's gonna be out soon, but I don't know when. Which do you prefer, mods or rockers? Um, don't know. I, I, I like any of them. Uh, mockers, I like. I think they're the best. No real preferences. Why is it, Paul, that you're always described as the most intelligent one of the Beatles? Are you? Uh, no, I'm not. No, no. Well, John's written a book, you know, so he must be more intelligent than me. Thanks. You've got to be intelligent to write books. Um, Paul, is it true you're going to get engaged to Jane Asher? No, it's not true. Um, the papers started off by saying I was, I was already engaged, and now the papers tell me I'm married, and uh, they think, uh, they tell me I'm divorced now, so, you know, I don't... Maybe I'm married. Oh, sorry. Maybe I am married. I don't know. The papers tell me I'm. I don't think I am. Yeah. I'm not getting engaged. No. What do you and Ringo do while John and Paul write songs? Uh, we play marbles or marples. How are you getting on making your first film? Oh, uh, we're having a great time, and uh, yeah, this is the studio as you can see, and. Uh, we're about halfway through the film, got about another three weeks to go, and everything's going great, I think. Rico, I'd like to know what would you have done if you hadn't had your break in music? Um, I'd have still been an engineer or something, you know, still working. Don't you think you acted childishly on that television programme after your return from New York? Um, oh, well, not really, you know, we're just having a good laugh and everyone seemed to enjoy it. We had a good time, you know. What's the point in being serious all the time? John, why don't you wear your glasses on stage? Because I'd, I'd lose my nerve if I could see everybody in the audience, you know. I'd like to have it all vague. John, why did you have to get married? Because the same reason anybody gets married, you know. Don't be slushy like, but you do, don't you? When you want to get married, you, when you got to go, you got to go. I always say. 
What's it got to do with you? Come on, that, that was grand. Why are you still on your knees? <laughs> well, if I stand up, where are you? Oh, I see. Thanks very much, John. Thanks, Ringo. Thank thanks, you. Paul. And thanks, George. Very much indeed. And uh, best, of wish, best of luck for the film, best, eh? Best of wishes. Yeah, best of wishes. Best of wishes. Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Beatles. You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, for this timeless wardrobe essential special where we're diving into the wardrobe and seeing what you need in it, what's the most kind of timeless things in there that you need for everyday life. And the next kind of thing we're going to talk about is sneakers and pumps. Now, for now, I know that English people... Uh, or people in the UK compared to people in the US, have different names for these things. But when I talk about pumps, I mean kind of canvas plimsolls, um, kind of the classic kind of the white canvas ones, like might be Supergas or Nuvestas or even a Converse. Uh, the history of sneakers, commonly known as athletic, shoe, athletic shoes, is a fascinating journey that encompasses technological innovation Trends and cultural shifts. The early predecessors of sneakers emerged in the 19th century with the production of rubber-soled shoes. In the late 1800s, companies like US Rubber Company began manufacturing canvas-top shoes with rubber soles, creating a more comfortable and flexible alternative to traditional leather footwear. The early 20th century, though, saw the rise of canvas plimsolls, lightweight rubber soles, shoes with canvas uppers. In 1916... The U.S. rubber company introduced Keds, one of the first mass-produced sneakers. Keds became popular for their comfort and suitability for sports and everyday wear. And it always kind of surprised me. So it surprises me that they're a lot older than you think. You think of them as a lot more contemporary than they actually are, but um, they were very ahead of ahead of their time when they were originally made. Converse Rubber Shoe Company was established in 1908 and it gained significant recognition with the release of the Chuck Taylor All-Star in 1921. The Chuck Taylor All-Star, endorsed by basketball player Chuck Taylor, became the first sneaker to carry an athlete's name and symbolise the crossover of athletic footwear into popular culture. After World War II, brothers Addy and Rudolf Dazzler founded Adidas and Puma, respectively creating a rivalry that would shape the sneaker industry. Adidas introduced innovations like the first screw-in cleats and the Samba sneaker, while the Puma gained recognition with its Puma Atom and Puma King soccer shoes. But of course, we're talking more on the plimsoll. And I, again, like I said earlier, how um, the best clothing has its roots in the military. If we look at um, a pair of Supergas, and if you've not heard of Superga, go and check them out. Uh, a lovely pair of shoes. Um, they're based on ones that the Italian Navy were wearing. Um, and there's lots of cool pictures in the 60s of particularly mods in the uh, UK wearing these. Um, and it's such a timeless shoe. They look good with everything I've mentioned this evening, especially when worn with a nice pair of chinos and a barracuda. That's an outfit I love. Um, especially, yeah, white white t-shirt, navy barracuda, stone chinos and white pumps that is a look that does doesn't go out of style a lot of technology as well has gone into uh, the sneaker uh, for instance nike introduced air cushioning uh, in the late 70s revolutionizing sneaker comfort and performance and in and also in the 80s 
Uh, it marked the explosion of sneaker culture with brands like Nike, Adidas and Reebok releasing iconic models that became symbols of self-expression and status. Um, it's something that's really evolved as well, hasn't it? You can see kind of kind of high-end designer brands that don't really interest me, but kind of youth culture. Uh, you could see people queuing around the street corners all night just to get their hands on a pair of trainers, whether they sell them on or not. But, you know... The excitement is there around clothing, which is, uh, that's the good thing, isn't it? Now, moving on to another item of clothing that is so popular with kind of um, younger people, but uh, it's a particular version of it that I like, and it is the classic loop-back sweatshirt, also known as the loop-wheeled sweatshirt. Um, It has a history rooted in the realm of sportswear, uh, loopback refers to the unique knitting technique used in the creation of these sweatshirts. Uh, the loopback knitting technique was developed in the early 20th century as a way to create comfortable, durable and moisture-wicking garments. The method involves using a specialised machine called a circular knitting machine or loop wheeler to create seamless, uh, a tu- uh, sorry, a seamless tube of fabric. This fabric construction allows for the circulation of air within the garment, making it breathable and ideal for uh, athletic activities. Loopback sweatshirts gained popularity during the 20s and 30s, particularly among athletes and sports enthusiasts. Their moisture-wicking uh, properties made them suitable for various physical activities, and they began to be used in sports like track and field, basketball and tennis. Loopback sweatshirts became more widely known as sportswear and casual clothing during the mid-20th century. The iconic V insert at the collar, which is uh, a game-changer for me. If it hasn't really got the V, I don't think I'm that interested. But it often see, it's often seen as a classic loopback sweatshirt design, and it was originally added to increase the garment's durability and prevent stretching. In recent decades, there has been a resurgence of interest in heritage and vintage fashion styles, this revival brought attention back to the loopback sweatshirt for its classic look, uh, quality craftsmanship and comfort. Brands and designers haven't, have have taken inspiration from the past to create modern versions of the loopback sweatshirt, often with updated fits, colours and styles. Um, a couple of years ago, I didn't really wear them and uh, the more I've got into Ivy, I guess, it has just exploded Um I've said before on previous episodes, I went to New York, went to J Press and bought a lovely Letterman one with the Y for Yale. Um, I've got a Dartmouth uh, one. I've got one by Tricket England and I love them. Um, I never thought a sweatshirt could look so smart, but they really do. And they're great for layering in the winter, put them under an overshirt. Again, a Barracuda. Um, It's just classic style. And a plain one. You can go so far with that, um, especially if it's got all like the vintage, um, classic kind of details, like the the high waistband, uh, the thick rim around the neck, uh, the long cuffs, and especially it has to have the V insert on the collar. Um, but yeah, definitely a timeless piece of menswear. <laughs> time for some music now and it's the Young Hull Unlimited with Hey Pancho. 
Betty Davis, they say I'm different. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. And this episode is a special all about timeless wardrobe essentials. We're filling up your wardrobe with things that you need, all those timeless items that will never, ever go out of style or fashion. The next one we're going to talk about is the polo shirt. The history of the polo shirt is closely tied to its evolution as a sportswear item and its subsequent adoption as a fashion staple. Brands like Lacoste and Fred Perry played significant roles in popularising the polo shirt and the modern shirt can be traced back to the late 19th and early 20th century when tennis players and polo players sought comfortable and practical clothing for their respective sports. Tennis players initially wore long sleeve shirts made from woven fabric which could be cumbersome during matches. The polo shirt as we know it today began to take shape during the 20s and 30s. René Lacoste, a French tennis player, is often credited with creating the first modern polo shirt. In 1926, Lacoste designed a short-sleeved, loosely knit cotton shirt with a ribbed collar that allowed for a better movement uh, for the, on the tennis court. He affixed a crocodile logo on the shirt, leading to the birth of the Lacoste brand. Around the same time, British tennis player Fred Perry introduced his own version of the polo shirt. His design, though, included a laurel reef emblem, which became a recognisable symbol of the Fred Perry brand. After World War II, the popularity of the polo shirt continued to grow, transitioning from sports attire to casual wear. The comfortable and versatile nature of the shirt made it suitable for various activities and occasions. During the 60s and to the 80s, the polo shirt became an emblem of preppy fashion. It was often worn with popped collars and paired with chinos, creating an iconic look that resonated with youth culture. 
The polo shirt's association with sports and leisure further contributed to its popularity. Lacoste and Fred Perry are two of the most prominent brands associated with the polo shirt's history, and today the polo shirt remains a classic wardrobe staple. It's versatile enough to be dressed up or down, and is produced by numerous brands in various styles and fabrics. The influence of Lacoste and Fred Perry and other brands has led to a wide range of interpretations of the polo shirt in contemporary fashion. And I'm sure everyone listening back home has or has at least at some point worn a polo shirt in their life. Whether you're Team Lacoste, whether you're Team Fred Perry or you're Ralph Lauren, the polo shirt is a timeless staple of menswear. I remember years ago in my uh, getting into mod days, um, it was one of them things, once you get one, you get the standard kind of Fred Perry, the red, white and blue one, and then you want the, you go for the other colours, you want the green one, you want the navy one, and it's you. before you know it, your whole wardrobe is full of them. I did go through a long phase of basically only wearing polo shirts, <laughs> and I haven't worn one again for quite a while um, I, I would quite like a scarlet red Lacoste one. There is something smart about a Lacoste, isn't there? Um, yeah, I think I'll get one again soon.
musical interlude there by Jimi Hendrix with Dolly Dagger. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, for this Timeless Wardrobe Essentials special. Remember, you can follow me for all style tips, uh, blogging and all the rest of it over on Instagram at TomTheMod, over on Facebook, my page Tom Hoy, and Twitter, TomTheMod, DJ. And go and check out my YouTube channel, TomTheMod, for lots of reels and all the rest of it. Now uh, we're going to move on to our next wardrobe essential and it is something I have to mention and out of everything I've mentioned in the show it's the thing I really really do wear the most uh, for years now Um, and it is of course the Basswegian Penny Loafer. I love these and the funny thing is I remember when I first started wearing them I thought oh everyone's looking at me and now I don't think it at all. They, I think when you're quite young, you think it's such a leap because you're not used to wearing that kind of shoe. And I absolutely adore them. They're the most comfortable things. Um, I'm not being paid by them to say this, but my number one shoe of all time, definitely. I love them. Basswegians were introduced by the GH Bass & Co. Footwear Company, founded by George Henry Bass in Wilton, Maine, USA. The term Weegians is believed to be a play on the Norwegian because the original design was inspired by Norwegian fishermen's shoes. The shoes were designed to be both functional and comfortable with a distinctive moccasin construction and a slip-on style. In 1936, the Bass Company introduced the iconic penny loafer design that would become synonymous with Weegians. The design featured a strap across the front of the shoe, often referred to as a beef roll, and a diamond-shaped cutout where a penny could be inserted for good luck or as a fashion statement. Basswegians gained significant popularity during the 50s and 60s. They were embraced by college students and preppy fashion enthusiasts, becoming a staple of Ivy League and American East Coast style. The association with penny with the penny insert led to the term penny loafers. Basswegians became a part of American culture and fashion, symbolising a blend of sophistication and culture and casual elegance. The shoes were often worn with chinos, uh, khakis, and the shoes can be worn with chinos and other preppy attire. But by the 1980s, the popularity of the Weegians was waned as a fashion. By the 80s, the popularity of Weegians waned as fashion trends shifted. However, in the early 21st century, there was a resurgence of interest in classic and heritage styles, leading to a revival of penny loafers' popularity. Vintage and retro fashion trends, as well as a new generation of style-conscious individuals, embraced Weegians for their timeless appeal. While the classic Basswegians maintained their traditional design, uh, various iterations and variations have emerged over the years. Different materials, finishes and colours have been, have been introduced to, ca- to cater contemporary tastes. GH Bass & Co. continues to produce uh, Basswegians today, preserving the brand's heritage and craftsmanship. The shoe remains a symbol of classic American style and often considered a must-have item in the well-rounded wardrobe. And one now that needs definitely mentioning if we're talking about a timeless, well-rounded wardrobe is the Oxford shirt. Um, and I have many of these. 
Um, and the history of the Oxford shirt is closely intertwined with the development of dress shirts and their transition from formal attire to versatile wardrobe staples. The term Oxford cloth refers to a type of woven fabric that has a distinctive basket weave pattern characterised by two fine yarn woven lengthwise against a heavier crosswise yarn. The, this weaving technique originated in the Scottish town of Ayrshire in the mid-19th century and was initially uh, uh, used for shirting materials. This is, goes synonymous with uh, kind of Basswegians. You put chinos, Oxfordshire and these together, um, and you won't go wrong. Uh, the term Oxfordshire came into popular use during the early 20th century to describe shirts made from Oxford, clo- Oxford cloth, obviously. Uh, the shirts typically featured a button-down collar, which was a practical adaptation for keeping the collar in place during active pursuits such as sports. Um, the Oxford shirt gained popularity among college students in the United States during the 20s and 30s. The casual yet neat appearance of the shirt made it a favourite amongst Ivy League students and contributed to the rise of the Ivy League or preppy fashion style. During World War II, Oxford, the Oxford shirt became part of military uniforms, uh, further cementing its place in history. After the war, uh, returning soldiers continued to wear Oxford shirts. Um, it became so common for them, and I think what it was as well, you look how cool the American GIs were during World War II, why wouldn't they want to carry on looking like that? Um, in the 60s and 70s, the Oxford shirt became a symbol of counterculture um, as it was embraced by figures associated with the mod movement. Its versatility allowed it to be worn with various styles from casual to slightly more formal looks. Um, everyone's worn an Oxford shirt again. I think that's it, isn't it? Timeless style is something that just everyone wears and you don't often know what you're wearing is um timeless you just kind of it's it's something subconsciously you know isn't it and that's what makes it so beautiful i suppose um whether you wear a madras button down whether you wear a plain one an oxford shirt never goes amiss
Okay, moving on now to a really cool one, and this is one, come autumn, I love to get mine out of the wardrobe, and it is the men's Mac coat, also known as the Macintosh, or simply a Mac, uh, it's steeped in history and it is rooted in practicality, innovation and enduring style. The Mac coat's story begins with Charles Macintosh, a Scottish chemist and inventor. In the early 19th century, Macintosh patented a method for waterproofing fabrics using rubber. He bonded two layers of cloth with a layer of liquid rubber, creating a waterproof yet flexible material. In Manchester, a Mac is so important you will not go very far without one. It's always raining, so it's always good to have one or two ready at hand. Um, You can't beat, in my eyes, a long uh, beige Mac nothing too um, complicated on it nice and simple really clean cut Charles Macintosh's invention led to the creation of the Macintosh coat these coats were uh, gained popularity throughout the 19th century especially amongst those who needed durable outerwear for outdoor activities and travel it was embraced by both civilian populations and the military like all good things like I mentioned earlier maybe not all good things the military isn't necessarily over always associated with good things is it but in a fashion sense yes uh, the mac coat continued to evolve in terms of design and materials throughout the 20th century it became associated with practicality especially in inclement weather like britain 
The iconic design features include a double-breasted front, uh, a notched collar, and often a detachable belt. The use of rubberized fabrics evolved into the utilization of various waterproof materials. The trench coat, another cl- classic outerwear style, shares some similarities with the Mac. Thomas Burberry, a British designer, developed a, a waterproof and breathable fabric called gabardine in the late 19th century. This fabric became the foundation for Burberry's famous trench coat design, which incorporated many elements seen in Mac coats, such as storm flaps and epaulets. Um, I love this. Um, one of my favourite looks of people that have ever worn this is Paul Weller and Mick Tolbert of the Style Council. That photo shoot they did for Café Bleu in Paris is uh, the absolute epitome of classic style. The loafers, white socks, the jeans... Uh, the really slim trousers and that Macintosh, one of my favourite looks ever. Um, there's not much beat in that, is there? Speaking of them two, we better stick them on, hadn't we? Thank you. 
This title council with Long Hot Summer. Well, I'm unfortunately afraid to say that is the end of another Cut Above here on The Face Radio for this Timeless Wardrobe Essential Special. I hope if you don't have all the items listed, you go out and buy them. No, 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 I don't. I hope whatever you wear, you're happy. But remember, timeless style never goes out of fashion. I'll be back again next month with another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to give me a follow on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at DJ, and on Facebook, you can find my page, Tom Hoy. Wherever you are, good night, all the best, and I'll see you next month. You know, sometimes we're not prepared for adversity. When it happens, sometimes we're caught short. We don't know exactly how to handle it when it comes up. Sometimes we don't know just what to do when adversity takes over. (laughs) And uh, I have advice for all of us. I got it from our pianist, Joe Zabinu, who wrote this tune. And it sounds like what you're supposed to say when you have that kind of problem. It's called Mercy, Mercy, Mercy.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.